Well, thank you guys so much for joining us on another episode of the Gregorich Ministries podcast. So excited today to have two very special guests. We have Anthony Washington here with me, and we also have Jenny Shepard with us. And so, you know, all of us, I think, had a chance to watch the Super Bowl last night. Yes. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. Jenny is unfortunately a Saints fan, and they did not make it. But sorry. Uh, you know, we did you have know. the opportunity to watch greatness last night. With yes. <laughs> hey, there's no no hate over here, even though Tom Brady and the Bucks now beat us and pushed us out of that spot. But you, if you remember last time we were we met on this podcast, I, I felt like I actually prophesied because I said, I remember I used Tom Brady as an example in football. I said, rem, I said a couple of years ago, I said, he's so good that he just kicks it in neutral in the middle of the season. You think he's not even going in the playoffs. And then suddenly there he is, beats everybody and goes straight into the Super Bowl. Yeah. And that's exactly what he did this year. I was like. <laughs> I don't want to tell on your wife, Anthony, but she says she's a Bucks fan. Right. But we were watching the game and by watching she wasn't she I had, had to let, no yeah I had to tell her they score and she's like oh okay <laughs> <laughs> yeah so there's different degrees of fans but Jenny is right. really hard but you know I just pick a team that I feel like I want to win and then that's what I go for that's what you go for and I yeah. like well, more the food that's the highlight of Super yes. Bowl. <laughs> yes. yeah the food yeah <laughs> you know that's the highlight of it for me but, yeah. you know, just just to transition into what we're talking about tonight. But, you know, something that, that is amazing is that we're always on the winning side. Every- yes. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, I, that's something that I, that I love. And, you know, Jenny, I wanted to just kind of throw you the ball tonight and let you run with it. And we're just going to follow you. All right. Yeah. Well, I like that. You said we're always on the winning side. And that's kind of what what I wanted to talk about tonight or wanted us to, you know, to kind of talk about tonight is um, how we already won. (laughs) You know, we are on the winning side and we've already won. And to use football as an analogy, (laughs) it's the perfect example to think of us being on the offense, you know, we already have the ball. Yeah. We're not on the defense. We're not trying to go after the offense and get the ball back. We're on the offense. We have possession of the ball. Yeah. All we have to do is know that we have possession of it. It's already mine. I've already got this. We're heading into the end zone because and we have it. You know what I mean? And so that's such a good example of exactly what we're going to talk about here tonight. That's so good. I feel a shando. Okay. <laughs> but, but, okay, I'm sorry. I'm be sorry. <laughs> that's good. See, I'm the amen corner. Yes. All right. Good. Keep that, it up. That's something that I was thinking I had thought about for a while, though, yeah. is like because we talk about the shield of faith, and a lot yeah. of times we think that's a defensive position. Right. But if you think about it, you know, whenever people were in war and they had those yeah. shields, they didn't just hunker down behind that shield. They right. used it while they were swinging the sword. Yes. It's something, even the shield of faith that we use, it's yep. part of the offensive movement that yep. we're making as a body of Christ. Yep. Right. And, and to move forward. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I was just thinking about how we won the game and didn't even play in it. You know, Jesus, wow. Jesus 
want it for us and we got to go read because when you think about it even if there are people who didn't get a chance to be a part of that last that big moment that last scoring moment or they didn't get a lot of play in the game at the end of the day because they're on that team they're a winner you know but Tom Brady he is man for that team but guess what they all gonna get a ring they all gonna win because they're on the winning team and so I when I, when I think about what Jesus has done for us, I, it's, it makes me excited because it's like he won it for us. Yeah. And I didn't even show up to play. All I did was believe. Yes. You know what I'm saying? And so that's, that's how so good. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that brings me to what where I'd like to start today is in Ephesians chapter one. Yeah. And, um, and starting with verse three, uh, it says... Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who hath blessed us with all spiritual blessings in heavenly places in Christ. And, you know, in studying this out, I love that the Greek actually has its own uh, tense tenses. Um, we, in English, we have a past tense and present tense. Well, in this, in this language, it's called an aorist. and you Greek people who are listening, you're probably laughing at me, but that it's A-O-R-I-S-T, <laughs> whatever tense that is. <laughs> but what it means is it literally means it was a point in time that something happened, this uh, where he says, who hath blessed us. Yes. When you see that term, it means that something happened at a specific point in time. And I like to think of like a timeline, you know, and there was a point on that timeline that this happened. We were blessed with all spiritual blessings at a point in time in the past. Yes. And so that means that now all spiritual blessings belong to us we're not trying to get to a victory we're coming from a victory (laughs) glory to god we already have everything that we need i'm gonna so get ahead of myself because this is so you know the, the subject of of the past tense of God's word and what we have and what we possess is so vast mm-hmm. that you, we're, we're just going to have to let the Holy ghost lead us today because there's so much yes. in it, but he knows who's listening and who's watching and what they need. And so, you know, we're just going to trust him to, to help us articulate what everybody needs yes. to. Tonight. That's good. Yeah. Can I, can I read that in the, uh, the Passion Translation. Yes, I love the Passion. The Passion Translation says, um, every spiritual blessing in the heavenly realm has already been lavished upon us as a love gift from our wonderful Heavenly Father. Wow. If that, if that just don't make you want to just like shout Praise out. It's already <laughs> lavished upon us. Yeah. Like, I mean, when you think of something being lavished or something, like it's been poured out, it's poured been out. given, yeah. been, it's, you know. It, it sounds like almost like a joyful giving. Yeah. It wasn't something right. you had to try to yeah. obtain, but it was God's joy to yeah. give us these spiritual blessings yeah. for us yeah. to, to live in them. Yes. Yeah. That's so good. I just wanted to point that out in the track. And, you know, and he says in heavenly places, you know, that's a real place. He's talking about real places that are beyond Earth's atmosphere, you know, and 
and the, it's there he these this blessings <laughs> belong to us mm-hmm. and they're it, and we're going to see that in heavenly places a few more times because they mentioned it's mentioned four times actually here in Ephesians but we're going to see it I think two more times but um that's why I wanted to point that out because in heavenly places is a literal is our literal places beyond earth's atmospheres in the heavenlies and we have access to that mm-hmm. you know it, it's it's um are us beginning to think like Jesus thought, you know, Jesus understood. And here I go. I'm not even going to go off my notes or anything. <laughs> but Jesus that he lived, he was living in two worlds. Yes. He was on earth and he had authority and access here, but he also was living out of heaven mm-hmm. at the same time. So for us to be able to, uh, repeat or copy or reproduce what Jesus did when he was on the earth. We can't just try to copy it. We're going to have to begin to think like he thought. Mm-hmm. And he knew that he had authority on this earth, but he had access to all of heaven's resources. Yes. Why else could he say he could look at a crowd of 5,000 people and know that he could, he, with five loaves and two fish, he could feed them all. Because he, the, the earthly, earth's resources were not what he, what, they weren't his resources. He knew he had access to heaven, an unlimited supply. We're going to read in Ephesians 18, beyond measure yes. is this supply. Yes. You can't measure it. Yes. <laughs> I like to say, pull a tape measure out. And, and go from, from one end of the earth to the other end of the earth. Well, it's larger than that. <laughs> you know, there's no measuring tool. It's beyond measure. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> Ooh, that's what, I was just thinking about how, you know, the Bible says with God, all things are possible. And for Jesus to, to see 5,000 people and see that they were hungry, there ha- he had to know, hey, he, We've got all things are possible. So if we have two fish and five loaves of bread, we're going to feed 5,000 people today because with God, it's possible. He had to have, he had a revelation of that. He had a, right. a real work in that. He wasn't, like you say, he wasn't limited by earth's resources. Right. It didn't limit him because he knew that his father was able to take these two fish and five loaves of bread to feed 5,000 people. Right. My goodness. Yeah. Man, that's so good. Oh. You got something, Josh? <laughs> yeah, I was just thinking, you know, in, in the natural, the logistics of that. Yes. You know, a lot of times whenever we face a challenge, we're trying to figure out how could I even do this? We don't even have the manpower right. to be able to feed 5,000 mm-hmm. people, let alone do we have the resources. Mm-hmm. But that wasn't even coming into his train of thought. Mm-hmm. He right. didn't allow that wow. to come in and create these these ideas of that yeah. it's, not possible. it's not possible. That wasn't even in his line of thinking. Mm-hmm. And so we, I think that we as a body of Christ have to get to the point mm-hmm. where we're challenging ourselves mm-hmm. whenever we're faced with something that we start feeling these thoughts come in and yeah. we start trying to figure out the reasons why it can't happen. Right. That's when we've right. got to step back and mm-hmm. say, yeah, that's when I need to tap into what, tap what in, I have yeah. access to, which is those spiritual blessings. Yeah. yeah. Oh, that's so good. Hallelujah. Man. Uh, I'm just thinking too, you know, 
when we were healing technicians, I remember the Lord was bringing me to study along these lines and to begin to think like Jesus thought, you know, because we were faced with people who had life challenging situations and in and of yourself, you feel like this is bigger than me. And who, you know, who am I, you know, how, and, and so I knew, you know, and even helping and training other healing technicians, I knew we're going to have to start thinking like Jesus thought in order to be able to do the works that Jesus did. And so I started reading and studying his, the life of Christ, but not from the aspect of trying to receive something that he was giving, but as him. Yeah. As a minister, you know, looking at how, what was he thinking? How was he, how did he do this? What was his thought processes? And the Lord brought, it's funny where he brings me. He brings me to, um, he told them, he said, get in the boat and go to the other side. Yeah. And I'm like, but how's he going to get there? Right. What is he thinking? He's not even thinking. I don't have transportation, <laughs> you know. And I'm glad. I'm, and so, in thinking that, I'm like, he doesn't even comprehend that. You know why? Because even the laws of gravity <laughs> were not going to stop him. Yeah. He was going to meet them out there, and that's what he did. He ended up walking on the water. Why? Because he is not bound by what is on this earth, but his resources are heavenly, you know? And so to begin to think, and that, I mean, let's start where we are, you know, I don't want anybody going out there drowning, but (laughs) you know what I mean? But let's start where we are (laughs) and, 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 and trust the Lord. I started, you know, at that point, I remember every time a wasp would fly by me, I would run and scream. And the Lord said, I thought you had authority over everything in this earth, pestilence and disease. And so, you know, I had to man up and begin to, you know, and begin to say, I'm not afraid in Jesus name. Yep. You're, you know, and that's something small compared to walking on water. But like I said, we're, we need to start where we are and begin to think like Christ. I have authority over all these things in this earth and nothing can by any means harm me, you know, or, or whatever the situation may be. What I love to do is that he didn't put any type of condition when he said, we're going to go to the other side. Mm -hmm. He didn't say, we're going to make it there. If the Mm weather is perfectly calm, we're going to make it there. If the sea is calm, he just said, that's what it's going to be. That's how it will be. And mm-hmm. so whenever these oppositions came, mm-hmm. him saying that didn't stop opposition from it coming. But whenever the opposition came, he was already firm in that place of right. we're going to make it to the, to other, the side. other side. This is already a done deal. Right. And right. I think, too, you have, to be a, you have to be so grounded and rooted in that because, I mean, Jesus on the boat and everybody else is freaking out. Yeah. <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Everybody around him is like, oh my God, Jesus, wake up. Carest thou not that we perish? <laughs> you know yeah. what I'm saying? And so, you know, he's, he was so fixated on, is that the word? Fixated? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. He was so fixated on he, we were going to the other side. And even though a great storm arose, it didn't move him because he knew he had authority. I mean, the guy was sleeping. Yeah, he was sleeping. <laughs> it's just like, yeah, you know, like, a great storm you know what i mean and you're probably i can imagine being on a boat and imagine like oh my god like waves are crushing in and you're like this is it and jesus just get up and he's just like peace 
be still. You know what I mean? He yeah. he had he knew he had authority yeah. over no matter yeah. what came, and so he was able to rest because he knew he had authority over yeah. it. So, but it's yeah. interesting that even knowing he had authority, like it didn't stop the storm from coming. Right. Storm still came. So yeah, yeah, good. That's good. Oh, we have, yeah, and we have authority as well. We're going to get into that. Let's go to, uh, let's go look at Ephesians chapter one. We're still in one, but let's turn over to uh, probably verse 16. And this is Paul. He's praying for the church, for the body of Christ. He says, I cease not to give thanks for you, making mention of you in my prayers, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Mm. You know, and even right here, talking about past tense, you can't get revelation for something that doesn't already exist. So he's saying that he, he's, and, and he's saying, uh, the father of glory may give unto you the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. Um, I'm going to keep reading Mm -hmm. the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know, this is verse 18. What is the hope of his calling? What is, I'm just going to read it straight through because if not, I'll start preaching and I'll get way ahead of myself. And (laughs) because I may be a teacher, but Josh knows I end up preaching too. So, okay. So the eyes of your understanding being enlightened that you may know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of the glory of his inheritance in the saints. And what is the exceeding greatness of his power to usward who believe according to the working of his mighty power, which he wrought in Christ when he raised him from the dead and set him as at his own right hand in heavenly places, far above all principality and power and might and dominion and every name that is named, not only in this world, but also in that which is to come. Mm-hmm. Glory to God. <laughs> and hath put all things under his feet, and gave him to be the head over all things to the church, which is his body, the fullness of him that fills all in all. You know, and if you stop there, then you would think, oh, yeah, well, he gave Jesus all authority and he put him to be the head over all things. But, you know, this Bible wasn't written in chapter and verse. <laughs> it was written, this was a letter, and Paul was praying, and in this letter, he, he prayed this out, but he didn't stop and say, okay, chapter two, and let's start a new subject. That's why chapter two starts with the word and, (laughs) and hath put all things. Okay. I'm sorry. Um, um, where am I? Sorry. And you hath he quickened. That word quickened means made alive. You were who were dead in trespasses and sins, where in times past you walked according to the course of this world, according to the prince and the power of the air, the spirit who now works in the children of disobedience. And then we're going to skip down to verse four. He says, but God, who is rich in mercy, (laughs) he's rich in mercy. 
you know how you were saying before, it's like he was just lavishing it out, pouring it out on us. And that's who he is. You know, I love to look at the adjectives in the word of God because he says rich in mercy. You know, not just he has mercy, but he says rich in mercy. There's an endless supply of mercy. And he says, for his great love wherewith he loved us, even when you were dead in sins, he quickened us together. And, and he says together, I don't know if you noticed, quite a few times here, that together signifies oneness, a union. Yeah. We're in union with him. And so if you go back to verse, uh, verse, was it 18? He says that the eyes of your understanding may be enlightened so that you will know what is the hope of his calling and what the riches of his glory and in his inheritance in the saints and the exceeding greatness of his power to us who believe according to the working of his mighty power. He says, and he put Jesus at the right hand of the throne of God far above all principality and power and might and, and dominion and every name that is named. And he says in verse five of chapter two he says and we are there with him him. we're right there with him we are in christ and christ is in us and so you know i know you guys know um but the position next to a king or even the pope or someone in a high position of authority when you've been given that right-handed seat It's a position of power. Authority has been delegated to you, whoever is seated in that seat. And you have the power and the authority to carry out the will of the one on the throne. (laughs) Hallelujah. And that is what he has done for us to see that this half already happened, (laughs) you know, to speak King James. It's already happened. He already did this. We are seated in heavenly places. And that's what I mean by thinking like Jesus thought. Jesus knew who he was. And even though he was a man and he set aside his 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 earth his heavenly powers and he, he did it to show us how we were supposed to be acting all the while because we were never made to live in an earth under a curse. That's not who we were created to be. We were created to be rule and reign as kings, (laughs) you know, and we're seated in that place once again. This is what he's accomplished. And for us to see that and to know that and when when the trials and tribulation come knocking at our door like the winds and the waves did when they were on the boat, to be able to know that. See, he said, we, I passed it up, but he said, I want you to know. He's not trying to hide something from us. He's saying, I want you to know. So many times people say, oh, the word is mis- mis- so mysterious, you know, but he says, no. I want you to know that word revelation literally means disclosure. It means to take the cover off. Mm-hmm. You know, if you're, I'm from New Orleans, so we cook big one pot meals in a, in a big cast iron skillet mm-hmm. <laughs> and the lid is dark and it's cast iron and you can't see anything in there, but you can smell something. <laughs> you know? oh, that's good gumbo. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 
Yes, a good gumbo. <laughs> you can't cook a good gumbo without a cast iron right. pot. But you take that cover off and then it's disclosed and you can see all that goodness in there. <laughs> you know? And that's what he's talking about. He said, I want you to know. He, you know, he wants us to know. Why? So that we can appropriate everything that's already ours. Yeah, it's already belongs to us. You know, and, and so many times in the past, he's been merciful, you know, when we've been in it, when we were in a place and when we're young in the Lord and we don't know everything that belongs to us, God's merciful. Yeah. But there comes a time when he says, I want you to grow up yeah. and begin to look at my word and trust me yeah. because he's a faith God, you know, and he wants us to operate and to live by faith. He said, I translated you out of the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of my dear son. It, we're no longer in that worldly kingdom anymore. And this kingdom, he says, the just shall live by faith. Yeah. And yeah. that's how we operate. There, yeah. it, it doesn't come any other way. Yeah. That's Go ahead, so I'm going to roll. <laughs> no, that's so good. I was just thinking about, you know, how it's been made so easy to access it. Yeah. It yes. is by faith. It's by our faith. It's not like, you know, I got to do this and do that and do this and follow these 10 steps and then I'll, right. I'll receive. It's, it's a simple step of, I believe and I have access by faith and right. I receive what's already been done for me. And I know like because of how I grew up, I grew up a little more Pentecostal. And so in, 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 in that type of sphere, you're kind of more conditioned to, you know, oh, I, you know, one day. Yeah. You know, right. like, hey, I'll be good enough to to tap into his holiness and be holy. And it's like, no, you are holy. And so yeah. because you are holy, you live holy. So it's like out of that, out of right. the flow of knowing yeah. that we've been made holy, we've been made righteous. And I think about I was reading in Romans um, chapter 10, and this is in line exactly what you're talking about, how the Israelites, it was so hard for them because they they lived under the law and they had to keep the law. You know what I'm saying? The Bible tells us that the law was good and the law was holy, but Jesus came to fulfill the requirements of the law because we couldn't keep the law. Right. So for them, they want, they, they had to establish their own righteousness by keeping the law. But now when Jesus comes, we enter into this righteousness by just simply believing. Right. You know, it's, it's so just, easy. It's, it's just so, it's just, it's about the easiest yeah. thing you ever do. And like, I, I believe that in this time that we live in, like, it's so important that we, we remind ourselves of these things. We, we keep this before us because sometimes, you know, you can know these things and you can read the scriptures and we can know it. But like, sometimes if we don't keep it in front of us, yeah, sometimes we'll lose sight of it. You know, right. we'll, 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 if we're not constantly keeping that meditation of this, yeah, you right. know what I mean, we'll, we'll lose it. Not, not, not lose it. Yeah. But in one sense, we need to keep meditating yeah. on it so that it will continue to become a reality. Right. And, and that's true. And that's what basically what Paul is praying here because he's yeah. not, he says, he says that he's praying that the eyes of our understanding would be enlightened so that we would know. Yeah. He wants us to know what we already have. Why? So we can appropriate it, you know, because you're right. If we're not keeping it before our eyes and, you know, Keith Moore, I I always hear Keith Moore in my head. He said, 
he said one time, um, he said, the only thing that separates me from the heathens next door, <laughs> I love his terminology, you know, <laughs> from the heathens next door is that I keep the word before my eyes. Mm. He said, because if I don't, yeah. I'm going to start slipping away yeah. and slipping away. And then eventually what will happen to any of us is we will end up right back in that worldly place yeah. that we once were, you yeah. know, right. in times past. So that's, that's so right on. Yeah. And even going back to Jesus, whenever he spoke to the storm and the water, he knew he was qualified. Yeah. And I think that sometimes wherever you get into, you can get into a position where you feel like I'm not qualified. Mm -hmm. And and I think that we we don't go by our feelings at all. But when you're in the word and you're meditating the word, you have this inner feeling that I am qualified. Mm -hmm. And when I see this, Mm -hmm. it's going to happen. And I know that the authority I have is actually Mm -hmm. working. Mm -hmm. But when we step away from that our authority is still there but our our feeling of of qualification sometimes will drift away and that's that's something that i love about jenny what you were talking about says even when we were dead in trespasses that means even when you were (laughs) far away as you could there was no further that you could get away from god even when you were that far away far away god said you know what i'm gonna qualify you i'm gonna gonna put you in position even when you don't feel like it even when no one else would say you're qualified i'm going to call you qualified Qualified. and then I'm going to bring you into this position. I'm going to give you my authority. And then now it's up to you and I to say, you know what? I accept what he did for me. I accept what he says. about me. I accept that I'm qualified. And because I'm qualified, now I'm going to enforce Enforce. what it is that I've been given. And so I just want to encourage anybody, if you feel like, you know what? I haven't been in the word. I haven't been praying. Mm -hmm. You are still qualified. You still (laughs) Ability to operate and the authority that mm-hmm. Jesus has given with you and don't live in condemnation. Yeah. Don't go right. back and, and lament or, right. or be mournful of the time you've wasted. Mm-hmm. Start, now. start now. You can right. rest yourself right now right. and just say, I'm going to start today. Mm-hmm. And you don't have to go make up for the time. Mm-hmm. You can step right into that mm-hmm. qualification and mm-hmm. start using what God's given you today. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. Sorry. No, that, <laughs> I just, I that is, that is, y'all is y'all is stirring me up on this <laughs> tonight. I'm telling you, this is. I, I was just thinking about how it's um, it's so important. Like, I mean, when you were dead in trespasses and sins, that that is the furthest you can be you away. You couldn't be any further away. You couldn't be any further away than that. And how we we've been brought nigh. We've been yeah. brought close by the blood of Jesus, by the finished work of Jesus Christ. Man, that's so good, Josh. That is yeah. so good. That's so good. Because, you know, he says, he's telling us that we've become partakers of everything that Christ deserves, yes. not what we deserve. Yes. And it's because of his faithfulness. So even when we aren't faithful, he remains faithful. Glory. God. Wow. When he could not find anybody greater than himself. He yes himself he <laughs> held himself to keep his own word because he couldn't find nobody greater than yes. himself. so he held yes. himself to his word and so that just shows you that even when everybody else around is unfaithful he is still remaining faithful to us see that's good because a lot of times that's what causes people to think that they they don't qualify 
like you were saying, Josh, you know, because because of a sin consciousness, you know, people will begin to think and it, it happens to all of us. You know, it comes condemnation comes knocking at everybody's door. But that's why we can go back to what you were saying, Anthony. God cut covenant with God. Yeah, he did. Abraham went to sleep. <laughs> he didn't have anything to do with it. Yeah, you know, yeah. and God, that was the old covenant, but he right. cut covenant with himself. He said, because there was none greater. greater. He looked around and there was nobody else. And he knew I'm going to stand faithful. Yeah. I'm going to keep this covenant. Yeah. And so he cut covenant with himself. So that's why even when we are not faithful, even when we miss it, he says, I remain faithful. We're in this union together with him. It's not just God, the father, God, the son, and in the Holy Spirit now, but it's it's a tri it's not just a triune, but it's a four, it's quadruple. <laughs> we're all in this together. Yeah. As one. We're one. We're in union. He cut covenant so that he could bring us in. And even if we miss it, and even when we fail, it's not about what we do or what we don't do, but it's about what Christ did. And if we could keep that, see, and it takes faith to walk it, to walk in that, in that, uh, truth, you know, because everything around us wants to tell us that that's not true. And just, just our upbringing, you know, you, when, when you're bad, you get punished, you know? (laughs) And so that it's a normal process for us to automatically think that when we miss it, we're, we're disqualified. Right. Yeah. Right. You know? And I, I, I was, I heard one person say it like this. Um, we're always making course corrections. You know, we're, we're always, we, and, and when, when I think about that, it's simply, let me re, like, this is who I really am. Right. I, I am the righteousness of God in Christ. You know, I, this is who I really am. And I might've acted in a way that wasn't in line to who I really am. You know yeah. what I'm saying? But yeah, but it's just, it's a simple, it's just a course, it's course corrections. You know what I mean? But one thing that I've had to learn, like even going to Bible school, you know, you went to Bible school, you sat under the word four times, like four hours a day, (laughs) you're hearing the word and the the instructors are feeding you the word. Shout out to Raymond Bible Training Center. We all went there. (laughs) (laughs) You know, you're, you're being fed the word, but then you get to a point where you're not in a class. You're at home now. So what are you going to do? What, what the truths that you've been hearing? Cause you know, we get excited about it at church, but what are you going to do when you're at home? And, 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 and the devil says, well, you're not righteous. You're not this, you're not that. It's those same truths that I, I remember when I first got to Raymond and I, I hope I'm not taking too much time. No, no. And I first got to Raymond and um, I'll never forget pastor Hagen's class redemptive realities oh my gosh and that class was like it it was such I mean it was so much revelation that he was pouring out about our identity and he talked about a story about um, the seven sons I always say the name wrong seven sons of Sceva in Acts where they saw Paul and these guys you know casting out these demons and they thought, well, if, if Paul is, you know, if they're doing this, let us try to do it. And so they tried to do it. And so the demons, you know, they tore, you know, tore them up, beat them up, you know, pretty bad. And I had never, ever grasped this revelation 
And pastor said, do you know why when the demon looked at them and said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? It had nothing to do with Paul being a special person. Yeah. But they, Paul was identified yes. with Christ. Yeah. And the mm-hmm. same way that Paul was identified with Christ, we have been identified with Christ. But I was kind of taught that scripture from the standpoint of like, if you're not holy enough, if you're not yeah. pure enough, if you're right. not pure enough, those demons. So, you know, you live a life of like, and so I remember I would leave school and I would go and meditate on these things. I would, go, I mean, I would just meditate on it and I would think about it and I would think about it and I would say it and I would think about it. So I'm at the point now to where it's just like, it's become so much a part of me that like I, some of my friends, they would laugh at me because I became like, look, ain't no condemnation in Christ. I mean, that was, that was my life. I, I mean, I say that. I, <laughs> uh-uh, that sound like condemnation. Ain't no fear of punishment in Christ. Don't you be trying to put That's no right. condemnation on me. And it's so good because it's such freedom. It's yeah. such freedom. And not that, you know, you know you're making a practice of sinning or no. just, you know, right. being wrong. But the reality is that in Christ, there is no fear of punishment. Right. Because we have been made righteous. And so, like, I had so taken on that identity that I didn't even allow myself to come up under religious condemnation yeah yeah and so i i just i just wanted to share that story because y'all got me thinking a lot but but i love that though because they almost identified they saw paul doing this it's like let's gonna be let's be like paul right paul was just saying i'm just gonna replicate what i'm already identified as as being in christ and so that's what's important that even uh you know it's amazing whenever you're praying for somebody and you see someone get healed. Yeah. But the, the important thing is, is that your motivation is not to prove something to yourself. Right. That right. look, I prayed for this person. Right. They got healed. And right. now I'm qualified right. to be a healing minister. Right. When it, in reality is, is that that's just an in him reality. It's an in him reality. That's just who you are. Yep. So you should expect that to happen you just because of who you are. And it shouldn't validate something that yeah. you need yeah. within yourself. Exactly. Yes. I'm, I'm thinking of Colossians chapter one. Uh this is my favorite scripture. I don't know if we can have favorite scriptures, but, you know, the whole Bible is good. But, but this is my favorite scripture right now. <laughs> and it has been for quite some time. Um, Colossians chapter 1, verse 26 and 27. And, you know, he says, even the mystery which has been hid from ages mm. and from generations but now is made manifest. Remember, he's not trying to hide anything from us. You know, this was a mystery. He kept it secret for us, not from us. (laughs) You know, and he said, the mystery which hath been hid from ages and from generations, but now is made manifest to his saints. That's us. He's not talking about the New Orleans saints. (laughs) (laughs) Had to give a little shout out, you know. But he says, to whom God would make known, there he says it again, he wants us to know know. whom he would make known, what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the Gentiles, which is, what is the mystery? What's the riches? He's about to tell you right now. He says, it is Christ in you, the hope of glory. Yeah. Christ in you, yeah. the anointed one. 
the anointing, all of Christ. I mean, how vast and how big is that? All of his power, everything that he did when he was on the earth, everything that he's capable of doing is in us. Yeah. He, this was the mystery. See, even the, even the disciples did not know they didn't know what he was talking about. He said, they said, where's your kingdom? He said, you, he said, Jesus said, you say, look over here or look over there. He said, but I'm here to tell you that the kingdom of God cannot be seen or observed with your eyes. The kingdom of God is within you. Yeah. And this is what he meant. The disciples were waiting for him to come and to, to build an earthly kingdom and to rule and reign and, and, you know, uh, set, the Jerusalem free again and that's not what he he was planning to do and Paul was the one who God brought aside and showed this to he's the one who realized our identity and what the miracle of salvation this is it right here Christ in you he came to camp and to set up camp in us (laughs) not out here in some building somewhere we are the body of Christ. He lives and dwells in us. And so to think of everything that that pertains to or uh, everything that that entails mm-hmm. is so much. Yeah. There's nothing that is impossible to us, yeah. you know, because we can keep saying, well, there's nothing that's impossible with God. Well, Christ is in us, yes. you know, and yeah. it takes it to another level because we're not looking to go- God to do something. for us because you know the scripture that says he makes a way where there seems to be no way yeah that's old testament that's isaiah 43 he he was talking about isaiah was prophesying and he was talking about christ coming to live and dwell in us he saw jesus at the cross the death and burial and resurrection and he knew everything he goes into isaiah into into the scriptures where he says surely he hath borne our sickness and our sorrows and our pains he was looking to the future and seeing what God was going to do in Christ. Well, we're in the future. (laughs) And this, that's past tense. That's why we can look at first Peter 2.24 and Peter is not looking in the future. He's looking back at the cross. He's looking in the past and he says, by his stripes, you were healed, not by his stripes. You're going to be healed. Like Isaiah said, Mm -hmm. you know, because Peter was looking back at the cross and he said it already happened. It's already done. Everything we need is already in us. We already have it. We just need to draw off of who we are. All the resources of heaven. Healing belongs to us. It's already ours. Mm -hmm. And you know, it's a the battle. (laughs) Joyce Meyer is right. The battlefield (laughs) is in the mind. You know, because it's our. It already belongs to us. Mm -hmm. And so you know. anybody for some reason i guess because i've been a healing technician it always comes down to healing (laughs) but righteousness is ours because of what jesus did healing belongs to us already because of what jesus did two thousand years ago at the cross it's already ours but when sickness hits our body or when like you were saying when the enemy comes and he tries to tell us that we're not qualified that is the time that we have to rise up and say wait a second I'm seated at the right hand of the throne of God. Now that's the last thing we want to do when we feel sick 
or when we feel unrighteous. Mm -hmm. But like Josh, you were saying, we cannot, we don't live by our feelings, mm -hmm. but they will try to rule us. And I'll tell you what, it's so, I love Hebrews 4, 12. It says, um, the word is uh, quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword, able to pierce and divide between spirit. See, that's who we really are. Yep, yeah. That's who we really are. Spirit, where, let, let me pull it up because I'm going to misquote it and I don't want to do that. <laughs> I'm telling you though. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Um, is it 12, four, four, 12. Okay. Yeah. Uh, for the word of God is quick and powerful and sharper than any two edged sword piercing, even to the dividing asunder of soul and spirit and of joints and marrow. That's the body. See, he's talking about our three part being right here. We are a three part being. The person who we really are is on the inside. That's the spirit man. That's who we really are. That's where Christ yes. lives. Yes. Christ lives in me. Yes. But um, our soul and our flesh, joints and marrow, will rule us if we have not been keeping the word before our eyes. That's, That's why he said the word is quick and powerful and sharper than a two-edged sword. Why? When we're in the word, it's going to be able to divide. Yeah. It's going to tell the soul, no, shut up. Yeah. Because I know what the word says. Our spirit man is going to be strong enough to rise up and shut down the thoughts of our mind. Our soul is our mind and our emotions. Yeah. So, you know, when we've been in the word and we've been rightly dividing the word and keeping it before our eyes, that that so that the word is like a two-edged sword and it's going to to cause us to be able to divide our flesh yeah. and our soul and get it out of the way so that we, the spirit man, who we really are, is able to stand strong in yeah. what yeah. God said and in who we really are and allow Christ in us to reign in yeah. our life. And that's how we appropriate everything that he has already given us. And, and just practically speaking, you know, a lot of times we'll read these things and be like, okay, but how do I truly get what I'm seeing in this mm -hmm. scripture? And it's making my heart burst with joy, but how do I actually start seeing it? And it's what we're talking about. And it's really renewal of the mind. Right. We're a three-part being. We're yep. spirit, we're soul, we're body. Yep. And so your spirit is who you truly are. That's what God made you to be perfect, yes. holy, yeah. and righteous. Now you've got, the, like Jenny was saying, Joyce Meyer said it, mm -hmm. battlefield is in the mind. In so the, the mind. renewal of the mind comes by spending time in the word. Yes. And whenever you're spending time in the word and renewing your mind, now your spirit and your mind are working together yep. and your body has no voice. Right. It's yes. two against one. Right. And yes. so it's allowing who you truly are to rule in your life. Yeah. So we just want to encourage you that meditation on the word of God. And like we talked about last time with Jenny, that's taking a scripture and reading it over yourself, telling yourself who you are, mm -hmm. renewing your mind. You know, whenever you're saying that I am the righteousness of God in Christ, I am seated in heavenly places yes. in Christ Jesus, not tomorrow, but today, today yeah. right now, yeah. in this moment, I'm seated with Christ with all his authority, mm -hmm. all of his spiritual blessings. Mm -hmm. And as you're doing that, you actually condition or renew your mind mm -hmm. to actually line up with your spirit mm -hmm. and give you the authority that you need to, to start experiencing more. That's yeah. Cool.
I was thinking about the scripture in James where it talks about receiving the engrafted word of God into your heart, which is able to save our soul. Yeah. So we know that our spirit is saved, but then we have a part. Yeah. We have to take that same word. Like you say, we take that word into our heart and we change our mind, you know, which is our soul, which is our mind, our, will, yeah. our emotions. And you have to make, bring every thought yeah. into the obedient and make it obedient to Christ. And like, I realized that you cannot think a thought away. You have to say a thought away. Yeah. And I feel like, you know, there may be some people out there and like, you're just like, well, you know, you're just in your mind trying to, no, you have to literally open up your mouth yeah. and you have to, because things are constantly shouting at us. We have problems. We have difficulties. We have COVID-19. We have yeah. political stuff. I mean, we just got all kinds of stuff. And I had to learn and I, and I, 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 I'm still learning and I'm still walking it out that I, this, this isn't something that, that today I got it and then I don't have to do it ever again. Right. And it was funny because I, I think yesterday Pastor Hagen told, told a story about his dad, I think. And he was talking about the analogy where he said, you can't stop a bird from flying yeah. over your head, yeah. but you can stop a bird from building a nest. And I mean, I laughed at that and I'm like, that's so true. Like we literally have the ability by taking God's word and we can change because the enemy is those thoughts that are coming to your mind and, and that are contrary to the word of God. The enemy is constant. You got all kind of stuff yep. coming, all kind of things and thoughts. And, and we have to, we, I think it's a joy. I'm so glad that he left us his word that we're yeah. able to change a thought by what we are saying and lining up and make it obedient to the yeah. word of God. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And you know, guys, we're, we're running out of time, but before we go, Jenny, I wanted to give you the opportunity. It feels like it went too I know, fast, so but fast. I just, we to, we've been going for 45 minutes, but I just wanted to give Jenny you an opportunity to just kind of get your last thought out or, or share anything just to kind of wrap it up. You know, for some reason, I just keep feeling like somebody's watching who is dealing with uh, condemnation yes. on a great, great level. And that came up several times. And even before we started this, I was praying for somebody and maybe it's more than one person. But, um, you know, the enemy has been attacking your mind and trying to make you think that you are not righteous, but you know, it's going to take faith. And it like, like uh, Anthony said, not just thinking what the word says or thinking what you heard us talking about here tonight, but actually opening your mouth and saying, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I cannot be any more righteous than I am right now. I'm never going to be more righteous one day because I do better things. Uh, you know, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. The word tells us he became sin so that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. He made us righteous. We couldn't earn it. If we could, Jesus wouldn't have had to come. Like Anthony, you were talking about a few minutes ago, you were saying, you know, talking about the law yeah. and how, because the law was only there to point us to the cross. It was only there to show us that we could never be good enough and we needed a savior. Yes. And Jesus came and paid a price once and for all. And if you, whoever I'm talking to right now, if you believe that, 
you should live under condemnation or that you're not good enough, then you're saying that the blood wasn't enough. And I hate to be so bold, but that's what we're saying when we, when we, when we act like as if we're not righteous because he paid a heavy price and he said his blood when it's described he's he calls it precious it's the precious blood of jesus why because we were so valuable god looked at us and he thought that we were so valuable you know there's a scripture in proverbs i forget where it is but 18 or something like that and it says that the the price of a soul is endless. That means there's not enough millions or billions in this world to purchase one soul. Mm-hmm. But there is a price that was valuable enough, and it was the precious blood of the Lamb. Yes. It was enough, and he shed it, and he, he did it for you. Yeah. And just accepting that by faith and saying it out of your mouth, I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. And, you know, somebody came to healing school. I'm going to give this last quick story. <laughs> somebody came to healing school one time, and we would minister to the uh, people who came one-on-one in a room with a team after the service. And so we, we my team ministered to this lady uh, several days in one week. She was there for a week. And when she came, I don't even remember what it was, what she was there for. It was some kind of sickness. But by the end, we were led every day to minister to her on righteousness. And, you know, by Thursday or Friday, whatever day it was, at the end, she suddenly got it. And she was, I mean, we were in this little room. She started jumping up and down and screaming. And she said, and then she started crying and she said, I'm righteous. I'm righteous. She said, I came here to get healed, but I found out I'm righteous. (laughs) And I can guarantee you, if you need, you know, Mrs. Leanne Sosby, she she ran the prayer and healing center um, for years. She, uh, she, I just, I'm going to her church now. So (laughs) last week or the week before, she said something. She said, she said, you know, people think I need faith for finances or I need faith for healing or I need faith for this. She said, I'm going to tell you what, if you will just study in him realities, it'll cover it all. Why? Because Christ is everything. Mm -hmm. And Christ in you is the hope of glory, the confident expectation that glory, you know, glory is manifested goodness. So the hope of glory would continually be permeating out of you. (laughs) That's what that means. Christ is in you, you know? That's something that we just want to encourage you guys is start, just take one step. Even if you don't have 10 scriptures to start meditating, simply just saying, I was worth the blood of Jesus. Yeah. Yes. Not because of my own doing, not because of my own ability, but because Jesus declared that I was worth his blood. I'm worth his blood. Yeah. I am righteous. Mm-hmm. I am seated with him. Mm-hmm. If you get those three f- phrases and you start meditating them, those three scriptures, yeah. you're going to start seeing a difference okay. in your life. So guys, thank you so much for joining today. We're going to have to have you guys back on and really appreciate it. Thank you, Jenny, for joining. Awesome. Thank you. Yes.